everyone, I'm Maddie. And I'm Emma. And we're the Huga Girls. Huga, in short, is the pursuit of everyday happiness. Each Monday, we give you the tools to build your happiness toolkit through discussing topics related to social media, health and wellness, pursuing your passions, and so much more. Welcome to the Huga Girls Podcast. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Hooga Girls podcast or welcome if you are new. Today Emma and I hosted Molly otherwise known as Munch with Mojo on Instagram and you guys it was such a fun conversation. Molly is a senior in college who turned her food Instagram into a platform to discuss her personal relationship with food and inspire others to also have a healthy relationship with it. We discuss topics relating to body acceptance, food freedom, intuitive eating, and more. And this episode is especially beneficial entering into the holiday season. So I really hope that you all enjoy it as much as we did. But with that, we do discuss topics relating to EDs and body confidence regarding weight and food consumption. So if those are topics that are not beneficial to your life, we have hundreds of other episodes out there for you to listen to on all streaming platforms. And we're well aware that this isn't a topic for everyone. So if this isn't the episode for you, that is okay. But if it is, that being said, Molly provides some amazing insight into body acceptance, especially as we enter into the holiday season. So with that, let's go ahead and jump into our conversation with At Munch with Mo. Hi, Molly. Thank you so much for being on the show today. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm very excited to be here. Um, and my day has been going pretty well, so I'm excited uh, to do Absolutely this. lovely to hear. <laughs> um, a little background on what happened before this recording. This is actually... Um, <laughs> official take two because in the middle probably about five minutes into our last recording maddie's power just decided that it wanted to go out um the lovely denver weather and her <laughs> concrete building so um it's we are happy to be rolling now but literally in the middle of our chat it was just like maddie bear has left the chat and i get a i get a text that's like my power just went completely out but so happy to be here with you guys. Of course, happy to have Molly. Molly is one of my friends in my sorority here at USC, but she also has um, an account called Munch with Mojo that talks about a lot of really great topics. Do you want to give us a little background on what that account is, Molly? And just about yourself, like um, anything you want to share about how you grew up and how you came to create the account? Yeah, so um, I am from the northern suburbs of Chicago. Um, I'm 22, senior year of... Uh, college at USC um and I'm a public public health major also like Emma um we had a class together that was super fun um and then psychology minor um but my account started because um right before the pandemic hit I created account called an account called U of S Good Eats and I was posting a bunch of the food that I was eating on campus um And then when the pandemic hit and I went home, I didn't really have any more content to share from USC. So I started sharing my own recipes. And then after a little bit, I started to share some more personal stuff. Um, My first post that was more personal, I was talking about my past with disordered eating and how I was trying to overcome that and overcome fear foods, heal my relationship with my body and that was kind of the beginning where I started to get a lot of really positive feedback from other people. And then I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to keep sharing this kind of content because people seem to 
feel like it's relatable and um, they were feeling inspired. And so that's kind of where my account has evolved. I then changed my account name to Munch with Mojo. Um, and now I kind of just share a lot of things going on in my life, try to keep it positive, but also show real things that are going on in my life. I don't always show like the good days and the good moments. I'm also sharing moments of struggle and I've created a really awesome community. So it's been super fun to have the account for almost two years now. Yeah, no, and that's incredible that you were able to start it off as a food account and then kind of transition it when your life pivoted a little bit as well. Um, And so I know that your account specifically talks a lot about body acceptance and food freedom and everything like that. And like you said, um, you kind of started sharing more personal stories when um, you were going through disordered eating. And so do you mind giving us a little bit of background on um, your relationship with food? And feel free to take this as in-depth as you want it to be or as surface level as you want it to be. Um, But just kind of give us your background in terms of what that looked like for Mm -hmm. you. So I would say that I, I mean, I was a dancer growing up. Um, so, and then I did a bunch of different sports and basically tried every sport up until high school is when I like had to choose something. So I chose to be on the dance team and I think just being a dancer and I'm sure Emma can relate to this too. I don't know about you, Maddie, but, um, she was a dancer back in the day. (laughs) Yes, I was. (laughs) Um, but like when you're always looking at yourself in the mirror and like always looking at your body, I think that. It was always something where I was kind of like, uh, like just not happy with the way that my body looked. Um, but I didn't really do much about it. Like I never was like an exerciser person until my sophomore year of high school. Um, that's when I first joined my local gym. And at first it was like the most amazing thing. That's where I found this workout class called WERK, W-E-R-Q, which now I've been teaching since I was 16. Um, And it's led me to be a group exercise instructor for a bunch of other classes. So I was really grateful for my connection at the gym, but it started to become quite of an unhealthy relationship. And I think that once I started seeing that the scale number was going down, I got very obsessed with it, um, with like reducing the amount of food that I was eating and over-exercising. And so that was like my sophomore year of high school. I also, um, for the first time, like had a more, not serious, but just like I was in a relationship and I worried a lot about like what he thought of my body and what his friends thought of my body. And I think when you have a boyfriend in high school, like that is something a lot of people I feel like worry about. And so that also kind of led me to be like, I need to be skinny so that he likes me kind of thing. And so it started to get really bad. People were like worried worried about me. I never was um actually diagnosed with an eating disorder, but I would say that I like now looking back on it, I would say that I had orthorexia, which is just an unhealthy obsession with being healthy and um so I never was at a point where people were like you should be hospitalized and also Being diagnosed with an eating disorder is a privilege. Like a lot of people don't get the help that they need, especially because 
people can have eating disorders in any size of a body. Um, it doesn't need to be the like certain weight that cl- like classifies you as having an eating well eating disorder. Um, yeah. So then, um, the summer going into junior year is kind of when I stopped. I don't know what like came over. I mean, my family was like worried about me and I um, started to just realize that like this lifestyle was not going to be sustainable. And so I stopped weighing myself as much as I was. And slowly I started to feel a lot stronger mentally, physically, because I was fueling myself more. I still was pretty obsessed with exercise, but eating definitely more than I was before and I was no longer in that relationship so I think that also kind of took the pressure off of it for me and that's kind of when I started to see like this binge restrict cycle because now that I was fueling my body it was kind of like oh my gosh you've been starving yourself like you know like we need more food more food so that was I I wouldn't say that I was like a binger but like there definitely were occasions where I felt like I just lost complete control of my food and ate so much um and then would feel really horrible about it um and then I would say that the first time so then coming to college Um, I had gained more weight back and I was feeling a lot like I was saying before I was feeling stronger but freshman year everyone is always like you don't want to gain the freshman 15 (laughs) so classic yeah so that was a big fear of mine coming to college and so that kind of mindset and especially because I was alone and I was with new people it was unfortunately easy for me to restrict again because no one around me really knew what was going on. Um, and I also was exercising a lot because I started I was a group or I started as a group X instructor here um, at our rec center gym. Um, so first semester freshman year, I lost a lot of weight again. and when I came home for Thanksgiving, is when I kind of realized that like I was really missing out on things in college because of worrying about gaining weight and worrying about calories and like I didn't want to go out as much because of fear of all of that. So when I came back from Thanksgiving, I kind of reassessed my lifestyle that I created in college and that's when I started allowing myself to go out more, allowing myself to like eat fuller meals and um, if I didn't get a workout in that day, like that was okay. And then, so then that things got better. But then sophomore year, right before the, or during the pandemic, like right when we came home is kind of where at first there was like this pressure, you know, we're going to be stuck at home. Like, I feel like I'm going to gain a lot of weight because I'm just going to be at home sitting around. And at USC, we walk everywhere. We're always active. Um, But that's kind of where when I had my account and I started getting all this positive feedback about things that I was sharing and trying to heal my relationship with food, I was like, you know what? This is my time to like fully commit to healing my relationship with food. And um, 
my account has helped me so so much I feel like the people that respond to my stories are like just such a great support system and whenever I talk on my stories it feels like it's therapy basically um so that has really changed the course of everything and now I try to help other people do the same so yeah that was really long but (laughs) no of course thank you so much for sharing all of that there definitely is so many internal and external factors that just constantly you know play a role of how how's this person gonna view me but also just how you view yourself and what standards you hold yourself to it can be um very very difficult so thank you for opening up Mm -hmm. about everything but online communities really are so great especially you I guess if you were just to look at your account it seems like you're you know you're the one helping people which you 100% are but it's also so cool that people are being honest with you and they feel open with you and they're encouraging you to have that um kind of support that goes both ways um have you felt like people really have been able to open up to you about their personal struggles and you've been someone that they could relate to and um how has it helped you to hear other people's stories as well it has helped me so much to just know that I'm not alone in any of this and So that's something that I always feel so honored when people are able to open up to me. And for the most part, it's strangers that are reaching out. And it's just people that have been following me and I've never met them in real life. And it's like the fact that they feel comfortable sharing with me um, always makes me feel very happy and special. But I definitely have gotten people sharing very personal things and um, sometimes it gets a little hard because I am not a professional and that's something that I always share with people like when people share anything related to maybe they're struggling with their eating disorder I always say like please work with a professional and And then I kind of can share things from my own experiences, but like, it's just hard because every person deals with things differently and their journey is going to be so different from mine. So I always say to like, reach out to your doctor, find a professional. And I know not everyone has those resources or the funds to get that kind of help. So that's why I do try to share just from my own experiences, but I've there are some people that have shared such like such heavy heavy things things. yeah where I'm kind of like I can't even answer this really because it's just too much for what you can do yeah yeah Yeah, too much yeah and and that makes sense and I think that that's something that Emma and I constantly try to emphasize even with this podcast is like at the end of the day yeah, we're sharing our experiences and we're having guests on the show, some who we've had, like, you know, people with PhDs on the show and we've also had people who just like to do their own thing and like to share their stories and both are amazing and both obviously make an impact on our listeners. But it is really important to stress that, yes, like, this is just my personal experience. I'm sharing it with you. I'm trying to be helpful. But if you feel the need to seek help that is professional health please Mm -hmm. do that Um, and so I think that that's incredible that you're open and honest with it and you're vulnerable but you also know your own boundaries of saying okay I can't help you in this sense like this is it's tapping into something that I can't even process really or um, be able to respond to but kind of pivoting away from that a little bit and more so in terms of I would say body positivity on social media. There's been this huge 
body positivity movement, I would say, in the past couple of years. And um, a lot of brands who are more size inclusive are putting out advertisements and that kind of thing. And I feel like the term body positivity has almost become for lack of better words, a negative thing, I would say. Um, because or just it, like trendy. In a yeah. or, or trendy. But it's, but it's like, I love my body so much. And at the end of the day, we're all going to have our days where we don't like the way that mm-hmm. we look or we don't like the way that we feel or something like that. And so I really love that your page is not so much body positivity, but more so body acceptance. Yeah. Do you mind diving into that and how you kind of found this term to be and what it means to mm-hmm. you? Yeah, I agree that like it definitely body positivity has turned into something that I don't think the creators of it meant for it to become because the so there's this book um that I've read I can share the name if I can remember it. Um it's called yes, it's called Fearing the Black Body. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. But it talks about how the body positivity movement started with fat black women, and that's how they identify themselves as. And it's kind of turned into even like really thin white women putting out that they are body positive. And like it's just turned into something that I think that's not what they intended for. Um, It was supposed to be a space for people that are marginalized and are not really accepted in our society. And um, the reason, so I'm not really sure exactly where I found the term body acceptance, probably from a bunch of other influencers out there that kind of share more of that side of it. But uh, I mean, when I've been healing my relationship with my body and my and food I have not been like I mean there have been days where I'm like I love my body but like for the majority of it like that is hard for me to say and that's hard for me to like be so positive about my body all the time so I really like the term body acceptance and also body neutrality because I think the I think like the first step actually would be body neutrality because it's kind of like, okay, this is the body I have. I don't need to have any positive or negative thoughts about it, but like this is just it, like nothing to it. And then acceptance is more like a next level thing where it's like, this is the body I have and I'm going to accept it the way that it is. And if this day I'm not feeling so hot in my body, that's okay and we just accept that and move on or do things that will make me feel better in my body like exercise or wearing comfy clothes instead of revealing clothes stuff like that not looking in the mirror as much um so I I really like that term and I like I think it's just an easier goal for people to think about and Mm -hmm. it's just not as like it doesn't put as much pressure on feeling positive about your body all the time because that's super hard. No, I love that, especially when your expectations, if you set your expectations to be just, like, body positive and just feel, like, so into your body and just so content with your body all that time, all the time, those expectations are really high and Mm -hmm. honestly unrealistic because, I mean, I, you know, as someone who from the outside you'd say that like we are all 
skinny white women, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, there's that line of, like, where can you, where do you even have the right to complain about your body? And there's just so many opinions, yeah. like, flowing in from every side of, um, every side of the spectrum, but it is, like, everyone truly does struggle, and putting out a message that you should just, like, be so happy about your body all the time <laughs> is honestly more discouraging than it is encouraging to some extent, because yeah, it's like, absolutely. oh, all these people are showing off how happy they are about their bodies, but I'm not that happy about mine, but in reality, everyone, everyone has those intrusive thoughts sometimes, so th- that level of acceptance is so important, and I think that's the best place to start with just like this is how my body is you can obviously exercise you can eat you know you can change your body to like some extent but that should be to like fuel yourself and make you feel the best Mm -hmm. and less like your body in the end is just how it's gonna be which honestly there's some peace in that and there's some comfort in that Mm -hmm. because it's just the cards that you've been dealt and so the sooner you accept that I feel like the sooner you'll have some like peace within yourself to um not obsess over or not worry too much about it but that is obviously a uh, a really big task um because a healthy relationship with your body is obviously very difficult um to achieve and also a healthy relationship with food can be really hard to build for some people um and I realize you use the term food freedom a lot going more towards you know that route um so what do you mean necessarily by food freedom and how do you achieve this or how do you work to achieve that on kind of a daily basis? So again, I'm not really sure where I found the term food freedom, probably from other professionals that I follow. Um, and that was, so there's intuitive eating and there's food freedom. I kind of use those terms interchangeably, but I like the term food freedom because I feel like I have like kind of the freedom to make it what I want. But essentially food freedom just means like you're allowing yourself to eat whatever you're craving and you're honoring whatever you're craving. And sometimes people think that that means like, oh, well, if I let myself eat everything, then I'm just going to eat like junk all day and like I'm only going to... I'm never going to eat anything quote-unquote healthy. But what you start to realize is like maybe in the beginning, if you were being restrictive before, like your body is going to want those things that are maybe quote-unquote unhealthy. But over time, you start to realize that like, wait, actually my body is craving something green, (laughs) something healthier. No, it feels good. It feels good to eat clean. Yeah, yeah. And I think that... Once you just give yourself the permission to eat things that you want to eat, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to eat your entire pantry. Like, you know, that's just allow. You're saying like, okay, well, that's there right now. Am I actually craving that, or would I feel better if I ate something that's maybe more nutrition, more nutritious? Um, so I try to really just every day like think about what am I craving right now I used to be the person that wanted to eat like the same thing every single day which I'm not hating on that like some people enjoy that and that's great but once I started to really just think about like okay what do I need right now like what sounds good I change up what I eat every single day and I also used to have to like 
look at the time and be like, okay, it's before 12. I can't have lunch yet, you know? So now I've kind of been like, all right, if I'm hungry, even if it's before 12, I can still eat lunch right now Mm -hmm. if that's what I want. Yeah. So kind of starting to stray away from like looking at the time as an indicator of when you eat. Yeah, um, I do that after dinner sometimes. I'm like, oh, it's too late to like have a snack right now yeah. I'm hungry. But I try to couch myself in that mindset too because I'm like, literally, I still have my soup bowl sitting here from last <laughs> night. I literally made soup at like, I wish you guys could see it. I mean, this is like a crusty tomato soup bowl, <laughs> but literally ate it at like 1230 last night because I was like, I Need am like hungry. Yeah. And I'm going yeah. to, I'm going to eat. But that, that's a really interesting point that I feel like a lot of people, um, maybe not even realize they're doing but just like constricting yourself to like a certain number of meals and also like times of meals. yeah yeah it's definitely hard to yeah. stray away from that um I think like doing it in small little attainable steps and goals is helpful in the beginning because it's like I'm not going to tackle all of that at once like now it's been over a year of me getting away from that so it definitely takes a lot of time and it's not all going to be easy. <laughs> no, exactly. And that's something that I feel like is just being intuitive in everything in life, I feel like is very good, at least um, specifically regarding health and fitness and wellness and everything like that. Like even when it comes to exercising, I was talking to a friend the other day and I was like, I like not having a normal exercise schedule because if I wake up and I want to go on a run, I'm going to go on yeah. a run. And if I wake up and I'm feeling lethargic and I want to move my body, maybe I'll do a stretch, you know, and it's, I feel like really being intuitive is where it's Mm -hmm. at and I think that that is going to at least from my perspective lead you more towards that body acceptance because then you're like look at what my body can do for me when I properly fuel it when I properly move it um so kind of moving in a little bit of a different direction I know that we were talking about specific times like during the day of eating and that kind of thing um I want to talk about a specific time of year so this episode is airing on Monday before Thanksgiving and I know that from personal experience and just from friends and life experience and everything like that, the holidays are a really hard time for um, people who have struggled with disordered eating, that have struggled with counting calories or, um, you know, restricting themselves or whatever it may be. And I know that it's really hard, um, especially because there's a heavy drinking culture around the holidays. There's a heavy, oh my gosh, we're going to bake Christmas cookies or we're going to make this or whatever. Um And so I know that you're not a professional and I know that you don't have all the answers, but are there any tips that you would give our audience in terms of how to kind of navigate that? If maybe they are someone who doesn't necessarily have the best relationship with food or is they're trying to heal their relationship or, you know, that, that kind of Mm -hmm. thing, I guess. I am working on a bunch of posts right now related to the holidays because I know that it's such a hard time for people when it comes to food. And I like recently, I, it was yesterday, I was at um, a waxing appointment and I overheard the people that work there talking about how they're gonna try to go on a low carb diet for the holidays. And it's like, that is just not enjoyable. Like that is, that sounds horrible. Um, But yeah, so I think it can be a super triggering time for people, especially because the holidays really are centered around food and drinking mm-hmm. and oh, 100%. like and especially in the yes, u.s yes and to no, me thanksgiving is literally a food holiday it is that's like literally what it's about <laughs> yeah so 
I think that it's really important, especially on like a Thanksgiving day or if you know that you're going to be eating a really big meal later in the day, it's important to pretend like it's a normal day and eat your normal meals because I know that a lot, a lot of people might try to restrict that day before dinner because they're like, I want to eat so much at dinner, but you know that if you do that, you're probably going to feel really sick after eating that meal. And I hate feeling like that. And I think that if you, especially breakfast is so important on days like that, I think because it's like, you just need something to fuel yourself throughout the day, even if it's smaller meals, maybe like every two, three hours before your Thanksgiving dinner. I think that when you go into a meal being so ravenous and like so hungry, you're not going to be able to be intuitive. You're not going to be able to sit down and really enjoy that meal because you're just going to be shoveling it into your mouth because you're starving. Mm -hmm. So, and like, I love the food on Thanksgiving and I love the holiday food and I want to actually enjoy what I'm eating. And I know that like, if I'm shaky and so hungry... I'm not going to even be thinking about what's going into my mouth because it's just, like, I'm not going to be able to think. At that point, you're just, like, lacking nutrition. Yeah. And you just, like, need to get it in because you're literally, like, lacking substance. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a very good point. And I think to add on to that, too, like, it's just important to remember that, like, in five years from now, like, you're not going to remember how many calories you ate on Thanksgiving, like, you're, you're going to want to look back on those days and remember the fun times that you had with the people that you were with. Not look back on those days and think about how worried you were to eat anything because you didn't want to gain weight. And I think that when all you're doing is focusing on yourself and the scale, then you're not going to have a fun holiday season at all. And you're going to look back on those years and regret that you didn't allow yourself to just have a good time with the people you were with yeah well and I I really like sorry I was just saying you're not gonna remember like the amount that you're you're gonna remember you know like the people together yeah no I was I was just gonna say I really like that you said eat your normal meals treat it like a normal Mm -hmm. day right because I feel like that's so many so often with people it's like oh my gosh it is a day where it's all about food and so I'm gonna do this and it's like no, it's just another day. It's another day where you can spend time with family and friends and yeah, good food is a part of it, but it doesn't necessarily have to be all of it. And I think that it's really important to, like you were saying, if you're ravenous, if you're shaky, if you're like shoving food in your mouth at the end of the day because you haven't eaten, you're probably not going to feel your best at the end of the day anyways because you're going to be bloated, you're going to be too full, you might feel sick, whatever it may be. And so I think that Bottom line, everything that you were saying is kind of just getting the point across, at least from my perspective, of do what's going to make your body feel the best, right? So don't do something that, you know, later on down the road is going to make you feel sick. Like, or to that same extent, don't not eat because you're trying to make your body look a certain way or feel a certain way or whatever. Like, just do what's best for you and it's going to be fine and it's going to look different for everyone. So thank you for sharing that. But Emma, I cut you off, so go for it. (laughs) No, absolutely. Um, I completely agree holidays are they really should be like a loving and fun time and it can be hard when your mind's on other things but it really is about um like you were saying your body 
like doing what your body needs and what it needs is that food it doesn't need to wait until six o'clock yeah. to have that big meal and honestly like I don't know I, the difference between like oh I'm not gonna like eat like stuff my face for lunch because I'm gonna stuff my face for dinner mm-hmm. and just like allowing yourself to actually have just like just get the nutrients you need and then enjoy that big Thanksgiving dinner we had our sorority Thanksgiving dinner oh, last yeah, night so good oh that shit was real good. I thoroughly, <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed that. I saw your story of it, yeah. and it made me want to get seconds. It was um, fantastic. But we did a little um, kappa, or our our chefs at our sorority house made like a full Thanksgiving dinner. So it was so very good. That was the third. That was the first Thanksgiving um, meal of the day or meal of the season. Yeah, for me. yeah, yes. Meal of the season. I have a Friendsgiving tonight too. So number two, which is a okay. And then I will be having a third on Thanksgiving. Right. So. And I'm going to enjoy all of them. Okay. <laughs> just like a final question, just because, you know, all of this, um, has really stemmed from like your social media accounts. Um, just a final question about how social media really can impact, our view of ourselves and in comparison and kind of convince us of standards in our minds that we need to fit into, um, which is why I think they're so it's so important there, that there's accounts like yours on social media because it admits of like so many accounts that are showing you, you know, my rock and body or like, <laughs> oh, this like avocado toast and like little espresso shot that I drink every morning. You know what I mean? Like those yeah. accounts, like you just constantly see like idealized body types um and food standards and everything um do you have any tips just for our users that or for our listeners that are users of social media and just how to navigate that in a healthy way like maybe anything that helps you when you come across posts that maybe um make you feel kind of bad about yourself or compare yourself and um just how to go about social media in a way that's going to be healthy Mm -hmm. I always say that like you have the power to change the people that you follow in the in in real life and on social media um like if someone is that you're following is making you feel bad about yourself like literally I mean if you're friends with them you can just mute them like maybe don't unfollow them but if you don't know who yeah, the mute feature you talked yeah, about that yeah. I didn't know that was a thing it's beautiful mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't know until she spoke in chapter about her account and everything and <laughs> I didn't know that was a feature I was like oh my god yeah sorry to cut you no, off no you're good great but yeah so great you thing. can you can mute people and then you also like if they really are if you are constantly thinking about this one person that is making you feel bad about yourself or Maybe you're, like, looking at all of their what I eat in a day videos and, like, you're frustrated with how you're eating because they're eating so, like, perfectly to you. Um, Literally just unfollow them. Like, you will probably feel so much better after. And I think that for every unfollow, maybe you find an account that inspires you and doesn't make you feel bad about yourself. So then you're adding something positive into your feed. Um, there's people that I look forward to their posts every single day, and they have never made me feel bad about myself. So There's so much guilt associated with unfollowing people yeah. for some reason, which is a whole other topic. But, like, I'm like, oh, my God, this one girl I haven't talked to in sixth grade. Like, you think she's going to be mad at me <laughs> for unfollowing her? But, like, that's seriously, like, yeah. a thought. But truly, your social media experience is what you make it like you make it out to be yeah so I think that you know that unfollow button is not 
a shot at anyone's <laughs> character or yeah. life. It's just, yeah, what you need to see is what you need to see. And I also think that, like, if you're finding, like, sometimes I'll get sent DMs of posts from people that I don't follow that are just posting things that seem very toxic. There have been a couple times where I have commented on those people's posts and saying that I respectfully disagree with the things that they were sharing, which not everyone is comfortable doing that. I'm pretty good at confrontation in those kind of ways, but I think that, and I also don't know this person personally, um, so it's sometimes easier to do it like that. But I think that just, like, honoring the things that you value within social media and, like, actually staying true to that and following people that lift you up instead of people that bring you down is super important. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that also kind of branching off of this, just a little personal anecdote, I don't think that just because someone was beneficial in your following maybe a year ago, they're still going to be beneficial now. So maybe those posts that you're being sent six months ago, people were posting very positive things and now their mindset has shifted. So they've kind of transferred into this more toxic mentality regarding um, health and wellness and fitness and eating and everything like that. And at least for me, for a personal thing, one of the reasons that I and I would say an intuitive eater and I'm very conscious of my health in that way is because of someone who I respected and I looked up to a lot in high school and this person made a post um, after Halloween and it was a picture of like little candy bars and it was like this is how many burpees you need to burn off this candy bar oh, and I no. and I it, it sucked because it truthfully did because this is someone that I used to respect yeah. I still respect her a lot <laughs> but I used to really look up to in terms of my fitness um and my healthy lifestyle and was like, okay, like I've really healed myself and everything. And like, I have a positive relationship, but this is no longer serving me. I can no longer follow yeah. you, you know? And so I feel like it really is important too to know just because something was positive in your life at one point in time doesn't mean it's necessarily going to continue to be positive. Yeah. And that's okay. That unfollow button, that mute button is not a bad thing. And especially going into the holiday season, like even just muting people where maybe certain you know, gatherings are super triggering to you or certain foods or whatever, muting them just for the holiday season yeah. is totally okay. And that that can go into, like Emma was saying, a completely different realm in terms of comparison um, outside of just the health and wellness industry. But um, with that, thank you so much for sharing everything that you did on the show today, Molly. It was so amazing um, getting to talk to you. We will have all of your information listed in the show notes for our listeners. Um, so as we kind of wrap up, we like to ask our guests, what is one thing that you want to share with our audience that you have not had the opportunity to share? So this can be a quote. This can be a question that you would have liked us to ask you that we didn't get around to doing. Um, or it could just be something run, random and fun. I combined it the combined the two words there. <laughs> something um, run. Is it, something run, yes. But it can just be something random and fun if you want to share that too. Um, whatever the time is yours to do that and then also plug yourself so that our listeners can follow you. Ooh, okay. I feel like this puts a lot of pressure on like one last thing. I know. Not to put you on the spot. <laughs> just like a final thought. Okay. I'm not, I mean, I feel like maybe I've like kind of shared some of this today, but I think just surrounding yourself with people and especially in college, it's so, like, there's so much diet culture talk all the time. So I think just 
surrounding yourself with people that um, kind of believe in those same things as you. If you are a person that wants to heal your relationship with food or your body, like setting boundaries with the people around you. This is actually really important for the holidays because a lot of times there's family members and people you haven't seen in a while that want to comment on your food or comment on your body. And I feel like especially this is a huge generalization, but like older people, like they they grew up with diet culture, like being such a big thing. Um, so for them, like they might make a comment about your food. And I think that it's super important to set those boundaries with your friends and your family to say like, hey, I would like it if you didn't talk about my body in front of me and behind my back. Um, or you just be honest with them and say like, I am eating this way because I love food and I want to treat my body right. And if you have a different opinion about that, like keep it to yourself, <laughs> you know? So I think yeah. respectfully, no, irrespectfully, hard. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but yeah, in college, it's definitely hard when you're surrounded by people that might be doing some toxic things related to food and drinking. And so just like staying true to yourself and then remembering that like you you can tell people how you're feeling and if they are making things worse for whatever situation you're in like just sitting down and talking with them having a conversation about it um is super helpful yes love that our literally our theme of the podcast if we had to have one outside of hookah is probably communication we talked about that way too <laughs> yes. much but it truly is so important so thank you for um communicating with us today because <laughs> it was so great to hear your journey and I think you know this is something even if you know people don't struggle with disordered eating or body image that much I mean this is just like really good things to hear no matter what kind of stage you are mm-hmm. um in those topics so thank you so much thank for you. talking to us you want to tell us like how to spell your Instagram name oh yeah um and yeah we're gonna find you there okay so my instagram is munch with mojo m-u-n-c-h with m-o-j-o for molly jones molly jones yes (laughs) and it'll be linked in the show notes as well thank you guys so much this was so fun yes thank you for being on the show we've loved having you and to all of our listeners um we hope that you have a great Thanksgiving week if you were in the U.S. and you were listening to oh, this yes. um, on Monday. We hope you have a great start to your th- holiday season. Um, we will be back next Monday with a new episode. And until then, stay happy, stay healthy, and stay hookah. Stay hookah. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.